We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. You know, Harvey Ussery, who uh, wrote the book on the backyard chicken flock, uh, probably has offered the greatest amount of, of um, you know, alternatives for things. You know, here here at our farm, one of the problems with being at, at scale where we are, and Neil doesn't tell us how many chickens he has. Um, for sure, it's a big difference whether you have 12 chickens or 2,000 chickens, all right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that Neil's flock is relatively small, you know, say 50 or fewer, that's a pretty small flock. <clears throat> and so the smaller you are, the more some of these alternatives can work. So, um, you know, a, a mealworm, a mealworm thing is fine, except remember the mealworms have to have a source of food too. You know, so all these things, you know, whether, you, um, I mean, everybody knows that we do the egg mobiles and the chickens eat the maggots. Okay. But the, but, but the maggots in the cow pies come from the cows eating the grass. And so, um, you know, mealworms tend to, uh, live on, on dead stuff. So are you going to start going out along the road, picking up a uh, roadkill, you know, to feed the mealworms, um, yeah, you know, this is the big joke with you know Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger and 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 lab lab grown meat, is they say lab grown meat, but they don't show you the train car loads of soybeans and lentils and peas and corn and all that that that's going in as a feedstock to the artificial you know artificial stuff, and so 
um, none of these none of these things actually, you know, actually lives on whatever lives on air. You know, the uh, none of this stuff is you know they're not they're not breatharians. So uh, so the and the mealworms aren't either. So they, they, you know they have to have a feed source. We um, we years ago did earthworm beds under the chickens in the winter and um, and sprouted uh, sprouted rye on these uh, beds so that every day we'd m move uh, uh, four feet of, um, of 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 cage of of wire mesh, move it aside. The chickens then could eat the the fresh sprouts which you know gives you a little more nutrition than just the raw grain and they could scratch through and eat the earthworms the worms that were digesting under the rabbits so this, this was under the rabbits rabbit manure falls down worms eat the rabbit manure now remember how does all this start it starts with being able to get feed for the rabbits okay so you know so but anyway you, you get the feed for the rabbits the rabbits poop grow the earthworms um the chickens roost on the beds on these wire cages and they poop the earthworm the worms red wigglers not not earthworms red wigglers eat the uh eat the the poop and um and then you you sprout the grain on top and the chickens eat the grain and they scratch the earth the worms and then you know and each day you move one of these uh one of these four foot sections down so every day the chickens you, know, you have this kind of rotational grazing thing of the chickens listen it worked beautifully it worked beautifully until it got really cold. And when it got really cold, then the worms went down deep. The grain didn't germinate and rats moved in. And that whole, that whole hoop house became infested with massive rats. And, um, and so, you know, sometimes these things, uh, you know, you can, you can bite off more than you can chew. But uh, the idea of um, one of the things that Harvey does, for example, is you know, he's got, he's got a small flock. It's a backyard flock and he has a worm bed uh, that's, that's doing all of his kitchen scraps. And then he exposes the chickens to the compost slash worm bed um, periodically for the chickens to self-harvest worms. Yeah, I, I really think uh, mealworms, yes, they have some options. Um, I think I think regular red wiggler worms have some options. Those are all great protein sources. Then the problem becomes starch. Where are you going to get, you know, your, your carbohydrate? And uh, those typically have come from grains. Now, they're high in carbohydrates, you know, especially corn and, and uh, 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 wheat, barley, oats, things like that. And of course, in the wild, remember, you know, in the wild, birds eat a lot of a lot of seeds. I mean, that's what birds eat in the wild is primarily seeds and bugs, seeds and bugs. Those are the two, uh, you know, the, the two things that that get them. I will tell you that even at our scale, you know, we have whatever, 4000 layers at our scale. Uh, when hunting season comes, we, um, uh, you know, we, we harvest quite a few deer here and we take what we're going to take. And then we throw the we throw the uh, carcass in for the chickens, and they clean that thing off like a pressure washer. They eat every little bit of meat, and that be, that becomes a wintertime supplement for them when we don't have grasshoppers and crickets. In fact, old timers around here tell I remember them telling me when I was a little kid. They said that uh, when they were little kids, you know, back in 
1920 and 30, the first uh, chore for a farm boy was every Monday go out and trap, shoot, otherwise get um, some some rodent, you know, a raccoon, a possum, a skunk, uh, a groundhog, uh, you know, even a, a turtle out of the pond, uh, but but some some uh, animal and then take it and um, and and just rip it open and throw it in the chicken yard for the chickens when there was no grasshoppers and crickets. And they would do that throughout the winter to provide fresh, fresh food. So, you know, again, when you're ha when you have a, a, a little flock, you know, this can be done. Uh, if, if you can if you can link up with a slaughterhouse and bring home some um, some uh, slaughterhouse waste, you can that that can feed your mealworms. Your mealworms can feed this. The, the thing about all, you know, worms, mealworms, all that kind of stuff, crickets, whatever, uh, the, the problem with all that stuff is that these are living things, so they don't you, they, they don't have keep keeping uh, quality. You know, they're living, so if, if you don't feed them while they're alive, then they die, then they turn into mush, and you've got smell and odor, and then you've got all sorts of uh, issues. So, you know, one of the reasons that farmers have gone to grain is because it's stable. You can store it. It you know, it doesn't get moldy. It doesn't get funky as uh, long as you keep it dry. And uh, and you can handle it real easy. It's not all, I mean, handling, you know, shoveling, shoveling worms uh, is, um, you know, is not easy. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty gooky. And uh, so, so um, just, you know, just appreciate that there are things you can do, I think, on a small scale that become very, very difficult to do on a larger scale. And and I think that's one of the things that we're that we're into, right? Is uh is to encourage many, many small flocks. I mean, we we talk here that in our perfect world, we wouldn't have the number of chickens we have because they would be, you know, next to everybody's back door all over the country. Hi everybody. To watch the full episode of Beyond Labels, click on the subscription link located in the description box.